Hello, and welcome to the Rebuilding Relationships Podcast. My name is Carrie Vasquez, and I'm a relationship coach and strategist. But most importantly, I am a Jesus lover. I'm a wife, a mom to five children, and a grandmom. Each week, I'll be here with a guest or a message to help you love yourself deeper, fall in love again, and restore your relationships with God and others. Now let's get started. Hello, everyone. So today I have a very, very special guest here with me. I have my son, DJ. Hi, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) So DJ is, I'm sure you're like excited, but also a little nervous. But um, I just told him we're kind of literally just having some chit chat and DJ wanted to share and or agreed to share, right? A little bit about his life or a lot about his life. <laughs> We're going to talk about what we've been going through um, over the past couple years. And we wanted to share this because we felt that it could help a lot of people um, that are struggling in relationships. We have been struggling for quite some time. Right. With our relationships in our family with you. Right. You with us, us with you. There's been a lot going on. Um, It's been going on for years. We've been trying to work through things. I am so grateful. Uh, First and first and foremost, I want to say I am grateful um, to God for his grace in our life and just that he's been carrying you through, protecting you and carrying all of us through and that we can even sit here and have this conversation, right? Uh, Because if it wasn't for God's grace um, and just his mercy, we would not be here, (laughs) right? So that's one. Um, And I also want to say thank you to you, DJ, because just being willing, because I want to say that I did not force you to do this. <laughs> no, you did not. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds convincing. <laughs> so I didn't force him to do this. I simply asked if you would want to share, right? Because I've even been, um, I've shared some little things here and there with my friends and family and followers, but. I also wanted to be respectful of you, DJ. Um, so when I thought about us doing this episode together, I wanted you to, to be sure that you didn't feel forced in any way, that you didn't feel like you had to do this. You know that I would not be mad at you or anything, like not no consequences. So you wanted to do this. Yes, me. Why? just feel like it's the least I could do, everything that you've done for me and just maybe it could help some people. Okay. All right. Well, I appreciate it. Um, so let's start with, just share with us uh, some of what's been going on the past couple of years. And yeah, let's start there. Um, the past couple of years has been a roller coaster ride, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Full of up and downs and turnarounds and turn back arounds just behavior problems okay let's start with that so what what describe what behavior problems you've had 
the struggles that you've had with behavior? So, I'm diagnosed with ADHD. So, that was the first thing ever. So, mm-hmm. kind of started around 12, 11 years old when mm-hmm. the behavior problems started in mm-hmm. fifth grade. Mm-hmm. When I started getting in trouble in school, my grades started dropping and I just started going down a bad path. Mm-hmm. Was there anything now during this time, because we do try to go back and like pinpoint like what happened, was there trauma, right? Like we've done, we've been in and out of therapy and like have done a whole bunch of different uh, things, right? To try to get you help, all of us help. Uh, Was there something, so in fifth grade, Carlos and I separated, right? And so I know that we've talked about how that was must have been really hard for you because you have been Carlos is your stepdad. You've been with him since you were two years old. Right. Mm -hmm. And so in a sense, he's played the role of dad. Right. Even though he's been your stepdad. So when you were in fifth grade, um, because we as we go through, we went through therapy and just talking through and we do a lot of talking, right? We tried to pinpoint what happened. Now, you struggled as a little kid, so you weren't like um, yeah, easy peasy, I, I right? Struggle. Yeah. But fifth grade was kind of that turning point when the behavior problems really worsened. And that was when Carlos and I, as I said, we separated Mm-hmm. And he was, in a sense, your father figure. He was your dad. He had been with you since you were two. So our separation, I'm sure, was hard for you because it it caused a lot of uncertainty for you, like the unknown, like feeling like, okay, I already didn't have my biological father present, you know, 100% or whatever, um, and now the only father figure or father that you knew was gone or was out of the picture for a period of time. So would you say that that maybe was like that milestone or, or kind of something that contributed to you feeling lost? Yes, I do think that had a big part to play in my turning over mm-hmm. a new leaf that was not a good one. Okay. Why? What? Why do you think that that caused your behavior to worsen? I think kind of just having nobody to guide me through things, especially the man things, and that's right around the time where you start liking girls and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And liking and girls, you did, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh-huh. and I just I didn't have no guy to look to for those things. Mm-hmm. Do you think now Carlos stayed in your life? I mean, he he wasn't yeah. there one hundred percent, so mm-hmm. it was not. It was still different, yeah. but he uh, but he still stayed present, right? Yes. Now, you say that it was you know it was like that milestone, but you and Carlos also struggled with your relationship, right? Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that. I mean, I know you both struggled because. It was just kind of a, it was like a love-hate relationship, I guess you could say. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just for love. Me wanting to be the man and him actually being the man. And mm-hmm. me just 
sometimes not wanting to listen, but still needing him to be there for me. So, mm-hmm. okay. So, so I definitely noticed that being a milestone, and I, I share this. You know, I've shared this before. Um, again, like we've talked about this, I have asked you for forgiveness in this, and we have worked through this. So there was this day that your behavior was really off the wall. Um, It was really poor. And this was after Carlos and I had separated. And I have shared how during our separation, we dated. And there was a person that I dated that you felt close to. But this day, you were really, your behavior was poor. We sat in the car and you bawled your eyeballs out. You were crying. You were angry because I did not let you play football. I made you sit out, right? Mm-hmm. And there was something that you said to me that really, aside from just completely broke my heart, but it really opened my eyes to see how you were really just struggling, like internally, within your own heart, within your own thoughts, you were really struggling with my marriage, my separation, my dating and everything. What was it that you said to me that day when you were crying and upset? I said, I told you that you keep giving me dads that leave. I Okay. You said you keep giving me dads that leave when I asked you what was wrong, what was going on. And this was a statement that I will say, um, like I said, it broke my heart because obviously it was never, ever my intention to bring anyone into your life um, to then just have them gone. Um, so if I back up a little bit, um, you know, your dad and I got divorced when you were a year old and I remet- I got married. And then during our separation, which I've shared this in my first or second episode, uh, when I started my podcast, Carlos and I separated for a year and a half, and I dated. This was a huge eye-opener for me, and this was a, something that we processed through, right? I I asked for your forgiveness. We have talked about it. We've processed. Um, we've worked through, right? It doesn't change the fact that you were still hurt, feeling like you had people in your life that kept leaving you, right? And I think at that time, you didn't even know what happened with Carlos and why he left. He got a job offer in South Carolina, and you just thought he left, right? Yes. When in reality, I was the one that had initiated the separation, and, and I was the one that at the time had filed for divorce. So these are all things that we work through, but we try to pinpoint kind of like where did it all start, right? Um, Do you think that you developed, that you had really unhealthy, an unhealthy understanding of what a relationship was, especially like with a male figure? I think that I didn't have a bad understanding of what a relationship was, but I just kind of had in my head that like relationships aren't going to work kind of thing. Yeah. So do you think that that caused you to start developing unhealthy relationships with people and just kind of like, because you started really kind of like getting out there. So some of the behaviors, you started running away, leaving the house without permission. Um, 
and you kind of just develop these really unhealthy relationships with people in the street or wherever, right? Yes. What were some of the other behaviors that you had that you started? Um, stealing, mm-hmm. shoplifting, mm-hmm. street activity, just mm-hmm. doing things that I just knew I wasn't supposed to do and just mm-hmm. didn't really care. Do you know why you did them? What What was the reason? I mean, kind of just looking for that. Well, looking for other males like that were gonna just stick by my side, kind of, mm-hmm. and not like leave or turn on me or things like so that. So, were you willing to do anything you could possibly do to have that attention or have yeah, that friendship? Yeah, I just wanted. Yeah, I just wanted somebody to be close to me and look out for me, and I was just. And when I did, I was just willing to do anything to keep that keep them around me. Mm-hmm. So so these behaviors started, and then, you know, we kind of worked through some of those things, um, and Carlos and I got back together, which was still another hard thing for you, right? Because mm-hmm. I think us getting back together, you, you were somewhat, I don't want to say you were angry at the time when we got back together, but you guys have struggled over the past couple of years since we've restored and, right? Yes. Why do you think that is? I just think that we're just constantly at a battle to be the man of the house. And to- Why do you want to be the man of the house? You're the son. You're the child. Why do you want to be the man of the house? Because I just feel like nobody's going to be able to look after my mom and my sisters like I am. No, that was, that, that's my job. Like that's what I'm living for, currently. Boy. Okay, so that so you make a good point. Okay, you feel like you could take better care of us. Although not, not better care, okay. but I just think like I'm just the one that wasn't meant to look out for you guys. Like okay, I was. Why do you feel that responsibility? Because why else would God put me in your stomach and put me around? Four, well, five amazing women. Maybe maybe God has you here to prepare you for the woman or the wife that he has for you and the children he has for you to take care of. That will come. (laughs) But as of right now. Yes. And here's another point I want to make. So what sense does it make, right? If you have behaviors that are hurtful towards your mom and your sisters, but yet you want to challenge Carlos as being the man of the house. I just feel as though, like, he just... I have a... So here's a more challenging question. Not challenging, but clarifying question. Do you think that it's more just strictly as like a power struggle that you have with him that you just want to show that you're stronger, you're the bigger man, or you're more powerful than he is and not much to do with me or your sisters? I think that has part to do with it, but I just feel like I'm never going to be like out of this family or like leave this family and like I know that there's a possibility that 
he can leave this family and he can not be in this family anymore. So, like, Mm -hmm. if that does happen... Why do you think that there's still that possibility when we have, and I have, like, we've made it so clear that we are now in this for life and we're working through anything and everything? Why is that still a fear? I just feel like it's going to always be one of my fears just because it's happened before. So I feel okay. like it can happen again. So do you think it's, do you think you struggle? We've talked, used this word or this term before. Do you think you struggle with fears of abandonment? Yes, I think I do. Okay. That's all right. That's good. Because a lot of times I think for all of us, for me, for your sisters, we've always said like, we we've kind of said to you, well, if you love us, if you care about us, if you love your family, why do you continue this behavior? Because I think being younger and looking for those relationships and not wanting to give them up and just looking for the wrong relationships and being around the wrong people kind of just kept on kept with me as I grew up. So you feel like you've been stuck in this cycle and it's been hard to get out of it? Yes. So how do you feel when you do things that you shouldn't do and you hurt us? I mean, I just, in the moment, I'm just not thinking like, yeah, Mm -hmm. this is going to hurt my family. This is going to... Right. And then afterward, I'm just like... Well, now it's no going back. Now it's just like they What's always done is hate done. me, and yeah, it's just like. And you feel a lot of rejection from your family. Yes. Talk about that. I mean, I feel like I always felt that one way or another. Cause when I was younger, it was my oldest sisters kind of pushing me away because they wanted to do their own thing because they were older and just like getting out into the real world, and I was just. The only really sister I had so close to me was Michaela, and now it's Michaela's going out to the real world, and she's kind of just like leaving me behind, and just like Aaliyah and Mia did, and now it's like. Well, too, Michaela has become very close with as she's gotten older to her older sisters, right? Yeah, so it's kind of. But like, but you and Michaela were very close. And do you really think that that relationship would have been affected if your behavior had been where it should have been or what it should have been? I think it still would have been affected only because, like, even when my behavior was, like, where it was, like, before the behaviors really started, like, she already started drifting away. Like, she already started finding her own friend groups and mm. kind of already, like... But don't you think that that's, like, normal with her being a year older, she's a girl? Yeah, it's it's normal, but it wasn't normal to me at the time. Like, I wasn't used to that. It was always, like, me and my sister, everything. Like, that was just... Do you feel like, again, do you feel like you were abandoned? So... Yes, I... I think I do. And I don't want to put words in my mouth. If you want to use a different word or use something else to describe it. I just feel like at one point or another, they kind of all just left me in mm-hmm. their past. Like, So 
I know that in talking to the girls and I'll probably do an interview with the girls and so they can share their side. I know that in talking to them a lot of times, and we've talked about this, they have many times felt like you hurt them and you didn't care. So they almost feel like you left them first. I just, well, I don't think, I just don't think they under kind of understood, like, what was happening. Mm-hmm. I was looking for a man trying to get one of those relationships uh, with boys, like, oh, like, I didn't even have that many friends in school either at the time. So I was just looking for, I don't, I need somebody to look out for me. I want somebody that I can be close to. I'm just, I'm tired of being around a bunch of girls, but it's like, but those girls are still my heart and everything, but like, I just... Like, they can't be my only thing. And now mm-hmm. Carlos has left me. So now it's like, where are mm-hmm. all the men at? Like, now... And then going through that and my actions that happened through that, I feel like they just didn't really understand. Mm-hmm. Like, that was that that was a phase. So, like, while I was in that phase, they were kind of just like... They left you too. Yeah, they kind of just left mm-hmm. me in that phase. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, now I don't even have my sisters. Mm-hmm. So you didn't care. So did you get to the point that you just didn't care because you felt like it just didn't matter what you did and people were just going to leave you? Yeah, I think at first I was just like, All right, it's okay. Like, I, I know Carlos isn't here, but, like, it's fine because I still have all of them. Like, mm-hmm. it's not that big of a deal, even though it really was to me. And then it was kind of like, while I was looking for that relationship to replace the relationship I had with Carlos, mm-hmm. it kind of just got in the way of all my other relationships with all my mm-hmm. sisters. Mm-hmm. And then when I was ready to kind of, not even really ready to, to come back to them, it was kind of just like, it, was, it wasn't really any point for me to be ready to come back to them because now it wasn't just that I was leaving them, it was like, they were leaving me as well so it was like mm-hmm. it wasn't yeah. or you felt like it was already over or they yeah, it like was like our relationship up. was gone like mm-hmm. kind of thing yeah that was a few years ago and over the past few years it has increasingly gotten worse right to the point that there were many days that i wondered if you would come home or if we would find you alive right Yes. So what was going on during that time? I just started off with the bad behaviors and in the mix of being with all those bad behaviors, I just, I guess you could say, I just fell in love with the street life. Okay. Yes. All right. So you fell in love with the street life. So it, it's, I'm sure that it was like, there was a rush, right, of, like, just your chemicals in your brain just kind of got into those cycles of, like... Yeah, I mean, who, of, who wouldn't... What seventh, eighth, ninth grader wouldn't want to have all the girls looking at him, all the guys want to be like him, be his friend, be around him, and it was kind of just like... Do you think you have a low self-esteem? Yeah, I think I do, but I think, like, doing... So do you think your low self-esteem over the years has caused you to try to kind of 
give yourself a cushion and protect yourself, kind of like if you could be the most popular kid, which you have. You've been, I'm, I'm not saying the most popular, but you've always been a popular kid, always been well-liked by teachers, kids, everything, because you're charming. You're a sweetheart, right? This yeah. it, Your charm and sweetness mixed in with a whole lot of manipulation has gotten you to where you are today, right? Yes. Or let's say it has kept you out of a lot of trouble, more trouble than what you could possibly be in, that you could have been in, right? 100%, yes. Yeah. So you fell in love with the street life. You, you know, you kind of had all this attention going for you. And again, it was probably a whole bunch of attention you felt like you weren't getting at home. And I'm sure that being one of five children and being the only boy, like these are all things that contributed, I'm sure, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the past year, which again, thank God it has gotten so much better. We lived in North Carolina for a year. We moved from Mount Laurel to North Carolina, right? And unfortunately, right before we moved, you ended up getting into trouble, legal trouble, right? Got on probation. Yes. Um, and we moved. Now, before you, we moved, you ended up going missing for, was it a week or over a week? I couldn't, I can't remember. it was like two weeks, almost three. I think it was maybe two weeks. So you ended up going missing. I had to file you. You were listed as a missing person. You did not want to move to North Carolina. There was a lot going on. Uh, you were pretty angry at that time. What was going through your head when you were gone for so long? It was kind of just like, I don't have anything outside of this circle that I'm in. Like, these people are, like, kind of everything to me. Like, they mean so much to me, and, like, I don't want to not be around them. And I was kind of just like, and my family, they're all just so rejective towards me, and they don't, all they think I am is just bad, 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 and... I never listen, and I'm always in trouble. Da, da, da. So I was just thinking, like, I can't leave these people. Like, mm-hmm. if I leave these people, I'm going to have nothing. I just felt like I was going to hit rock bottom and mm-hmm. I was going to stay there. Mm-hmm. So you were missing for that period of time, and there was a lot of police chasing that went on trying to find you because there were periods of time that you would be found and then you'd run again, right? Um, what's going through your head as you're, you are knowingly kind of on the run and we're trying to find you? Never going back. Okay. Were you thinking at that point that you'd rather die than to have to leave? I thought, well, I kind of thought I was going to die. I thought I was just... I'm just going to keep running, and then sooner or later, I'm going to fall too deep into this life, and it's just going to, everything ends at one point, so. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have struggled over the years with suicidal thoughts. Yes. Yes. Um, so, so this is something that, you know, like, I think a fear that we've, the family as a whole has had for you, right? Because we were aware of that. And so this kind of followed you to North Carolina, right? So you were found, 
you, we left. I think we literally, you were found. We actually had a moving truck waiting, right? Because we had to hold off because we couldn't find you. And we literally drove the moving truck to the police station after you were found and hit the road and moved to North Carolina, right? Yes, yes. Okay. So we went to North Carolina and unfortunately the life followed you or you found it the same lifestyle in North Carolina. Yes, 10 times deeper. 10 times deeper. So I'm going to end this episode here and this episode will be in two parts. It is a lot to take in. Uh, I have been able to work through many things, both DJ and I, we've worked through a lot. Uh, Therefore, we're able to really just go through this episode and kind of just pour out all this information or all of these memories and thoughts and things that have happened. We're kind of able to just put it all out there. And it might even sound like we're putting it all out, out there and not a lot of emotion or a lot of touchy feely things in there uh, because we've worked through so much of it. We've really have processed and daily we continue to process um, through forgiveness. We continue to process through unconditional love and what that looks like. Um, each and every day we're working on ourselves, first and foremost. I always encourage DJ to take personal responsibility and work on him first. Um, And then we're continuously working together. Uh, So that's really the only reason that we are able to be where we are today. I did notice that as I'm asking him questions, it, it, it kind of sounds like I might just be jumping through and jumping through the questions. Um, but again, I just want to remind you all that it's these are all things that we have been working through and working on uh, for quite some time. So I just hope and pray that this episode helps you or helps you to be able to help someone else in just understanding what someone is going through, uh, looking at someone else's viewpoint. Someone could look at um, my child or another child or a person who's dealing with different things in their life. And sometimes it's easy to pass judgment and to try to think that we can figure it out for someone else or figure out someone's problems or issues or challenges. Um, And the reality is that unless we are walking in their shoes, we have no idea. We just, we have absolutely no clue. So I would just encourage you all to just extend a little more grace today towards someone, towards a child or a teenager that you might see. Extend grace instead of judgment. Uh, I know that even myself, I've been guilty of it. Uh, So I hope that hearing the story might let you into the heart of a teenager um, and of a teenage boy and on another layer into the heart of a, 
of a minority teenage boy, of a boy who has experienced a family of divorce and separation and a lot of mistakes. Um, we all mess up. I've messed up and uh, I own it. I, um, I've faced it. I've taken responsibility for it. And all I can do is, is be an example and live it out and hope and pray that one day it all has just made him a stronger person and he's been able to overcome and help other people. So again, I just hope this episode blesses you. So be sure that you tune in next week for part two of this episode where we will share how, unfortunately, DJ's behaviors and just his life in general uh, spiraled deeper down into a dark place um, and how we struggled a lot more. And that was just in this past year and a half or so. Um, So be sure you tune in next week. Um, But more importantly, um, tune in because we will share um, good news. I look forward to having you back. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to the Rebuilding Relationships podcast. I hope that I have served you on the highest level. And if I have, please be sure to share this episode and give me a great rating on iTunes so that I can continue to serve you and others. Now head on over to my website and grab your free copy of the first chapter of my book called Recreate Your Love. It's coming out soon. My website is www.passion4visions.com. And while you're there, go ahead and check out more of my services. My heart is always to serve you with much love. Have an amazing week and be sure to head back next week for our next episode. Please understand that anything shared on my show, the Rebuilding Relationships podcast, is intended to give you tips, tools, and strategies to help you transform your relationships and your life. While I am a certified coach, I am not a licensed therapist or a doctor, so please be sure to seek professional medical advice when you feel necessary. Take care.